Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. Since 1934, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. Please stay tuned for another lesson on this program by Jeff Archie. Are you listening? Appreciations to our Jay Webb for the nice introduction and greetings to one and all. Thank you for joining me today. Our broadcast today will consider the word grace. No sweeter word could be imagined than to hear the word grace. It grants comfort to the heart and soul, gives a moment of peace that says, there is a better way and a better direction and a better hope. For example, in the scriptures, just a few verses, how about Genesis 6 and verse 8 that says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Think about the first seven verses of Genesis 6 and how horrendous the world had become. Think about how deep in sin man was and how even God had regretted he made man. Are we not thankful for the grace that was upon Noah? How about in Ruth chapter 2 and verse 10? The sweet words of Ruth unto Boaz that said, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me seeing I am a stranger. Dear friends, I'm thankful for that text because as we end the book of Ruth, we find that Boaz was in the lineage of David. And when we go to Matthew chapter 1, we find Jesus in the lineage of David, the beauty of God's providence through that Moabite woman, Ruth. How about in the New Testament in Romans chapter 3, beginning with verse 24, that says to the Christians in Rome, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past, through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at the time His righteousness, that He might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. This text alone in Romans 3, 24-26 is a wonderful study by itself. But from this study, are we not thankful for God and His grace? Our friend Andrew Phillips has some thoughts on Romans chapter 3. We want to share those thoughts from the wonderful study book, One Word. Before we think on these things that Andrew will bring forth, as is our custom when we share materials such as this, we wish to pause and give thanks to the editorial board of One Word, and especially to board member and co-editor Dale Jenkins for permission to use this material on the International Gospel Hour. We are indebted to them for their good work and our fellowship with them. And now let's consider from one word, page 36, the words from our Andrew Phillips. In the last few years, the TV show Shark Tank has become a major hit. It allows budding entrepreneurs, dear friends, I'll get that right eventually, It allows budding entrepreneurs the opportunity to pitch their products in front of potential investors. Each show opens with the same description of those investors, self-made millionaires. That description sounds appealing, doesn't it? We like the idea of people who pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and make their own way. In Romans 3, Paul provides an important reminder. When it comes to salvation, no one is self-made. Paul is writing to Jewish Christians who often look down on Gentiles, as well as Gentile Christians who are often hostile in return. 
Paul makes it clear that all have sinned. Neither group could achieve the right standing before God on its own. The same is true for us. Christians are called to live for the Lord, but no amount of our own hard work and determination can earn eternal life. Just like the Jews and Gentiles, there is no distinction between us and anyone else. No one can achieve righteousness individually. As Handley Molay puts it, The harlot, the liar, the murderer are short of it, but so are you. Perhaps they stand at the bottom of a mine, and you are on an alp, but you are as little able to touch the sky as they. The good news is that the story doesn't end with Romans 3.23, where all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but it continues to the gift of grace described in verse 24. We do not make ourselves, but the grace made by God provides salvation. What a blessed study. What great thoughts in an introductory way to Romans 3, 24-26. Let's talk more of God's grace in a moment. Our J. Webb has a study from the International Gospel Hour he's going to tell us about. J. Hello, friends. Miss a broadcast of Are You Listening? Please know you may easily access previous broadcasts through our podcast partners at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio. Just search for International Gospel Hour, and you can find previous broadcasts of Are You Listening? They are always there, 24-7, for you to listen or download. And now, let's continue our study today. Let's look at some other passages that speak of the grace of God and its provision for us. God grants us a saving grace for our souls. In Ephesians 2, beginning with verse 8, the Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God's mercy and grace that was patient with us in the past, according to 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, it is patient with us in the present as we walk in Him. Dear friends, when we consider Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, we note from history and background these very Ephesian brethren were saved by grace through faith. In Ephesians 1 and verse 13, we're taught that they heard and believed the gospel. They understood repentance as we learn of them in Acts 20 and verse 21. They confessed concerning Acts 19 and verse 18. And in Acts 19 and verse 5, they were baptized into Christ. An interesting thought that I picked up along the way that says, their faith together with the working of God is how they were raised with Christ in baptism, Colossians 2 and verse 12. Dear friends, when we consider that thought, that's very powerful. I'm indebted to a Brother Copeland for those thoughts right there. The faith that they had, together with the working of God that we learn of in Colossians 2 and verse 12, is how they were raised with Christ in baptism. They were saved by grace through faith. And then they continued on in verse 10 of Ephesians 2 as his workmanship. That's an interesting word. It's a word that says it's a manufactured product. I'll get it right in a moment. A manufactured product that is still being manufactured. In other words, in that verse, we are created unto good works. Not that our works are something that we do to save us, but we work because it expresses our salvation in Christ. 
our works glorify the Father who redeemed us through Christ, Matthew 5.16. We're able with our works to consider one another that we may edify and grow, Hebrews 10.24. And of course, we're taught from the grace of God that bringeth salvation in Titus 2.11 to eventually be zealous of good works, Titus 2.14. All of this is learned through His saving grace. Would you also consider with me that God grants a standing grace wherein we stand? A saving grace results in a grace that allows us to be a standing individual, or a saving grace brings forth a standing grace. Listen to the words of Peter in 1 Peter 5, beginning with verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To Him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus, our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. A standing grace. Did you get that? After you've suffered a while, he's writing to Christians, God's grace will perfect will establish, will strengthen, and settle us. How thankful we are that God's grace is right there when needed, always. And there's never a time we do not need God's grace, the true grace of God in which Peter said you can stand. Thirdly, and very quickly, God grants us a serving grace that we may help others. In Hebrews 12 and verse 28, the Bible says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Notice we are receiving a kingdom. Those in the time of the writing of the book of Hebrews receiving a kingdom. The kingdom, the church, was an establishment, was established as well at that time. Let us have grace that we may serve God. God grants us a serving grace that we come forth, as children of the King and of the Church, to bring forth the works that are needed. After all, the kingdom and the Church are parallel and are as one. Matthew 16 and verse 18. And those in the days of the Colossian brethren, those in Colossae were translated into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Colossians 1 and verse 13. God grants us a saving grace, a standing grace, and a serving grace. This is an exceptional study, dear friends. And you know, we mentioned moments ago about Titus 2, 11 and 12. Of the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that. God's grace is a teaching grace. Let's learn more about God's teaching grace with this offer from our J. Webb. Dear friends, the International Gospel Hour not only offers a free Bible study course by mail, but our friends at World Bible School offer an online study if you prefer. It is absolutely free. All you do is go to worldbibleschool.org and register. You will be provided a study helper who can answer questions and provide feedback for your lessons. That is a free online study at worldbibleschool.org. Please sign up today. And now, back to Jeff. And thank you, Jay. Dear friends, what a beautiful thought concerning the grace of God and that we can continue to study and learn more about the grace of God that brings salvation and how it has appeared unto all men. On another broadcast, we're going to consider how God grants sufficient grace for our problems, as He did for Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. 
Again, are we not thankful that the grace of God is always there? If we need to obey the gospel, His grace is provided. If we need to come back with a closer walk with Him, His grace is provided. And if we struggle in our walk as Christians, His grace is provided. How thankful we are for a saving grace, a standing grace, and a serving grace. Dear friends, thank you for joining me today. Much more can be said. We'll continue this study together another time. And until we join together again, I'm Jeff Archie of the International Gospel Hour. Keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope first that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh.